Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Brian Peacock over here, Matt Williamson over there. We are joined today by a very special guest, Mike DeBate. He is the host of Locked On Patriots, bringing you New England Patriots conversation daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find him on Twitter at MDebateFPC. Uh, Matt, we've got to get into this New England Patriots signing of Cam Newton. It's the biggest news of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And we are recording this on July 3rd, holiday weekend coming up. The Cam Newton thing sets up perfect for a very patriotic podcast. I love it. Yes. A very patriotic <laughs> weekend. Hopefully everyone's out there safe. Uh, wear your masks. Patriotic conversation here for the 4th of July holiday weekend. I think I'm mostly just going to stay in. We had some maybe plans, but man, yeah, I don't like the way this thing's going. So we're going to we're going to do our best to stay in and not be around people too much. Maybe, maybe see a couple of folks with with our masks on. And Mike, uh, I don't know what it's like over there on the East Coast. I'm in California. Does everybody have their masks on, even though they're super excited about the new quarterback for the Patriots? They are. I think everybody's practicing social distancing, being safe. The Northeast is really weathering through COVID-19 as best as possibly can be expected. So the masks are being worn. People are being cautious. I mean, naturally, there are always the outliers out there that aren't going to do what they need to do or, quote, as we like to say here in New England, do their job. But uh, <laughs> uh, there are people that uh, that are uh, adhering to it and it's showing. But uh, a lot of excitement coming up for Cam Newton as potentially the new quarterback of the New England Patriots it's in 2020. Yeah, I'm looking at the contract details right now here. It's uh, a 1 million in base salary, only 500,000 I think guaranteed. There's right. a bunch of roster bonuses, so essentially $7.5 million is what Cam Newton can make. Uh, I assume most people are assuming that Cam Newton is going to go out there and win the starting quarterback job in New England. Uh, before we get to what his competition is at quarterback, I want to ask you uh, how do you read this situation? Why Cam? Why in New England? And why now at this point in the offseason? Well, I think why Cam and why New England are questions that could have been answered, to be honest with you, back in March when he was cut loose and became a free agent. There's always been, I think, an affinity, especially on behalf of Josh McDaniels, to see what he could do with a mobile quarterback with the type of skill that Cam brings to the table. He really is a tremendous athlete, one of the best athletic quarterbacks uh, that the New England Patriots have ever employed. And look, that's coming from 20 years of having who I would unabashedly always consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. It's not a situation where it was a cam for Brady swap. I know a lot of people are liking to put that narrative out there. It makes for an interesting article. It'll get you clicks on Twitter. But other than that, it really doesn't hold water when it comes to the uh, the actual reason why Cam is here. Cam is here because he's essentially, he's a great option at quarterback. The Patriots still feel he has a lot left in the tank and they're giving him a legitimate shot to revitalize his career and become the starting quarterback for one of the marquee franchises in professional football. In terms of the why now, Brian, I think a lot of people look at Cam's addition and they say, well, what took them so long? Well, there were a couple of things that took them so long. First, the COVID-19 pandemic and the uncertainty surrounding free agency, what was going to happen. Maybe a couple of questions that couldn't be answered at the time about Cam's physical capabilities. Don't forget, he's coming off of foot injuries. He's coming off of an injury a couple of years ago to his throwing shoulder. Those have to be concerns. Anytime players miss a significant amount of playing time, especially over the course of the last two years, teams have to be very careful 
careful about bringing them in. So that may be one of the reasons why now. But most of all, what happened is Cam Newton finally fit within the price range of the New England Patriots. You mentioned the deal. It's a very low risk, very high reward deal for the team. They're bringing him in, and even if it doesn't work out, they're only on the hook for $1.05 million in cap space that they would have to take a hit from for releasing Cam outright. I do not anticipate that's going to happen, but even if it did, it still leaves the Patriots with a lot of financial wiggle room. So this was a smart deal for them at the time. They're getting Cam at a point where I believe he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You saw him chirping on social media the last couple of days about this not being about the money. It's about the respect. I think he's motivated to come in here, show the world what he can still do. And Patriots fans are excited about it. Mike, I 100% agree. And I am very much in favor of this move. I mean, to the point where the Patriots are back to being the favorite in the AFC East to me, I think there's a much better chance Cam is the quarterback next year on the franchise tag, on the extension, than he is a backup this year or a not success story. But the one criticism I hear is, boy, Cam is so different from Tom Brady. He's not going to be able to orchestrate that offense. And my response to that was, the second Tom signed in Tampa, I'm sure they – not that they threw the old playbook out, but they knew Stidham wasn't going to be able to be Brady. I mean, there were already adjustments in place. Cam's an NFL quarterback. I think that Belichick and especially McDaniels, who you remember drafted Tim Tebow, have been wanting to go this direction, but they've had been so fortunate to have Brady that they couldn't go with an athletic-style quarterback – And then the other note is Cam Brady, when he worked under Turner, you know, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, they ran the same verbiage. It was the Earhart Perkins, you know, verbiage. He's going to catch on quickly in terms of what they're doing. And I think both player and offense is really going to change for one another very well. And they're the most adapted team in the league. 100% agreed with you, Matt. And I think you said that so well. Cam Newton is the type of quarterback that can come in and learn a system. He has such a great football acumen to the point where I don't think he gets enough credit for doing that. You mentioned the Earhart Perkins system that the Patriots ran under Brady so effectively for 20 years. Cam is capable of picking that up when they have to air the ball out and they have to throw the deep ball or maybe even... Dare I say it, and it pains me to say this, fellas, because a lot of people think that's how the Patriots won for 20 years, that dink and dunk down the field type of plotting that Brady was so good at, that was only one dimension of his game. Cam could do it theoretically if he needed to. He utilized slot receivers very well when he was in Carolina. Take a look at what he did with Steve Smith. If you think that Julian Edelman is all of a sudden going to become extinct in this offense because Tom Brady is not throwing in the football, you got another thing coming. These guys are going to utilize themselves very well. But Cam is adaptable to being able to give the Patriots a dimension they haven't had, including under Brady. And that's the ability to run the ball, extend plays with his legs. When it was thought that Jarrett Stidham was going to be the quarterback of this team, there were already rumblings that they were trying to incorporate RPOs, those run pass options into the offense they haven't been able to do that under Brady for obvious reasons Tom has a ton of strengths but one of them is not tucking the ball and running for big yardage and Tom would be the first to admit that himself he has several times poked in front of himself at so on social media but the Patriots finally had the ability to be able to do that and Stidham is very adept at doing it we've seen him do it at Auburn
Auburn. I saw him do it in preseason and in practices all of last year. So he was capable of incorporating that, but not at the level that Cam Newton is going to give you. It's exciting. It's going to be a different look for the New England Patriots. And I think Patriots fans and maybe even a lot of NFL fans on the periphery are going to truly see just how versatile of a quarterback that Cam Newton is when it comes to throwing the deep ball, when it comes to the short intermediate passing game, and when it comes to extending plays with his legs with the run. It's just a dimension Patriots fans haven't seen in a while, and it's exciting to think about. Yeah, I want to expand on that real quick, too, because this sounds like I'm bashing him, but I think Tom Brady is the greatest paint-by-numbers quarterback in the history of the game. Like, he was good when the play broke down, but he ran the play. He got him in the right play. He colored inside the lines. And I think there's a misconception that Newton's much different. Newton really isn't an improv guy. I mean, he does his best work. Almost all his runs are designed quarterback runs. You're going to run quarterback power behind a guard. You know, okay, I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to throw from the pocket. When the play breaks down, sure, he can tuck it and run, but he's not great throwing on the move. He's, He's not an improv player. So even his best time at Carolina was 2018, designed quick hitters to McCaffrey, DJ Moore on a crosser or a slant. He's a lot more paint by numbers than his athletic profile would make people realize. Great point. Again, and the more footage that I watch on Cam and the more I even look at him, even back to his days at Auburn, I mean, you want to go back to when he was in college and the types of things that he's able to do. His athleticism is so electrifying that you can lose yourself in that. And that's a good point, man. I'm glad that you made that. But his actual predilection to his game is to run the play as designed. The runs are designed. That's why they call them run-pass options. You're giving the opportunity to actually, what most people I don't think realize with run-pass options is that you're looking to pass first. You're looking to tuck and run if there's nothing there. It's designed, the play is designed to be able to facilitate both, but you're essentially almost looking for the run, uh, the pass before you're looking for the run in an RPO. Naturally, there are some deviations to that. It's not always that cut and dry but for the most part there are that uh, there is that uh, ability to want to be able to pass the ball first so I agree with you 100% on Cam. I think the cerebral nature of his game is something that maybe a lot of Patriots fans weren't aware of. If you're a fan of Cam Newton, you definitely were aware of that, and I think a lot of people are going to see that. And not to sound biased, folks, he's coming into a great situation that's going to allow him to utilize his talents to the best of his ability. guy like Josh McDaniels is a very good offensive coordinator, not afraid to take chances, not afraid to put his quarterback out there, but he's also very good at being able to evaluate what his quarterback is, is is strongest at and where he may need some assistance. And at the end of the day, he's got Bill Belichick to keep him in line anyway. So it's a good coaching staff and a good opportunity for him to be able to showcase what he still has in the tank. Okay, we've got to talk about this competition at quarterback. If it is such a competition for Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, can't forget about Brian Hoyer, the weapons that one of those quarterbacks will be throwing to in New England. How explosive can that offense be even with Cam Newton added. Are you a do-it-yourselfer like me? Then rockauto.com is your place. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com is also a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging 
price is based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Let's start with Stidham. And I know a lot of Patriots fans were really talking themselves into Jared Stidham as like, okay, this is the dude. Trust in Belichick. They drafted him. Um, I saw somebody recently say that on Twitter that uh, Cam is Drew Brees to Stidham's Tom Brady. So that's an interesting take. Um, Do you think Jared Stidham and maybe even Brian Hoyer being that veteran that, that knows the offense so well, do you think that there's an opportunity for one of those quarterbacks to actually beat out Cam Newton to start this year? Uh, I would say the chances are slim to none when you take a look at it. That's assuming both players are playing at the maximum of their ability and they're clicking on all cylinders. If that's the case, I don't see Cam losing a quarterback competition to anybody, really. I mean, you know, for, for lack of a better term, I think he's competitive enough to be able to win that out. If there is a situation where for any reason Cam just doesn't fit in New England, um, we've seen fits on paper that look good. And then sometimes when you see them on the field, they're just not what you expected. Then I could see a situation where Jared Stidham might be able to come in and beat him out. Stidham has a lot of competitive fire to him. And I think having Cam around will bring out that competitive fire. It's actually going to bring out the best in Jared. I can tell you that there are a lot of people that I've spoken to close to the Patriots organization that are still very high on this kid and his capabilities in the future. Um, I'm not quite sure that bringing in Cam was necessarily an indictment on Jarrett or his ability to lead this team this year. Let's not forget, we didn't have the luxury of having OTAs, mini camps, time where a new quarterback would get to work with some of his new players, get to develop that synergy. Virtual workouts are all well and good. You can learn as much as you can from them, but it doesn't beat the practicality on the field. So in that regard, if you're going to go with a new quarterback under center, you may want to go with someone that's been there, that's had the experience, led his team to a Super Bowl. I don't know, maybe won a MVP in 2015. Bringing in a guy like Cam Newton is a perfect situation for that. I really can't see Jarrett beating him out, like I said, unless something goes wrong with Cam. And then I think you're going to look at uh, the possibility for Jarrett to come in. However, I can tell you that there is the talent there for Jarrett Stidham to be a solid and very formidable NFL quarterback. If he comes in and plays lights out, it could end up being an interesting storyline for a little while while the Patriots are looking to jockey for position. But ultimately, it's going to be between those two. I don't see Brian Hoyer making any starts unless they're down to their third string quarterback, which I believe Hoyer now will be. I don't see him uh, getting cut from the team, though, because I think the scout team acumen and the experience he has within the system is going to be invaluable for not only an essential rookie like Stidham, who was on the team last year, but for all intents and purposes, he took 14 snaps. He's not a viable, ready NFL quarterback that's not going to make rookie mistakes or a guy like like Cam Newton. I just don't see Hoyer being able to, uh, to get into that mix. So he's probably looking at a solid number three, but I think he's valuable enough for them to keep on this team. Yeah, I don't see this as an indictment on Stidham or by any means do I think the book is closed on him. I, of course, do think Newton will be the starter, 
And I had a lot of good things to say about this, this, you know, new addition, obviously for new England, but I'm still really worried about who he's throwing the ball to. I mean, you mentioned Edelman and I don't think Edelman by any means is going to become obsolete, but those slot receivers take a pounding over their career and he's 34 years old. The rest of the group I think is well, well below average. Uh, I I think there's an argument to be made for that, and I can see where you're coming from when it comes to that, Matt. Um, I think a lot of what we saw last year from the Patriots receiving core was the, the byproduct of two things. First of all, one was the byproduct of ill health. And I will say uh, Edelman last year banged up beyond belief. That worries me this year. Sure. Uh, he has had off-season surgery uh, by all indications. His shoulder, his chest, and his knee have healed. But you have to wonder what the rigors of a 16-game season are going to do to him again this year. At one point, Julian Edelman... At one point, Julian Edelman was fighting a shoulder injury, a severe chest injury and a knee injury that probably would have kept most guys on the sidelines he played through all three toward the end of the season if anybody questions his toughness whether you love Julian Edelman or you hate the guy you have to give him credit for being tough he was out there and didn't miss a game um but They've had other injury history where uh, with this team where it just didn't uh, you know click together. Nikhil Harry had a lot of promise put on him last year, but he ended up getting injured and didn't play till the middle part of the season. Missed most of training camp, missed the majority of the, the first part of the season, could never get on the same page as Tom. Uh, another guy that got injured very shortly after his arrival in New England was Mohamed Sanu. A lot of people looked at him as a bust. In fact, a lot of New England media and fans were clamoring for his, his exit or clamoring for his release. Release. Now seeing him work out with Cam Newton and seeing how good he looks on the field, a lot of people have changed their tune when it comes to that. So is this Patriots receiving core going to rival their 07 team? Absolutely not. There's no question about it. They don't have that type of talent, but I think they have the right pieces in place to be able to have an interesting mix with guys like Edelman, Sanu. Uh, you, um, I mentioned guys like Nikhil Harry. I think Damir Bird now all of a sudden emerges as a real option in this offense because of his prior playing history with Cam Newton and his ability to burn down the field, get open, and be able to maybe be in place to catch some of those Cam Newton bombs that he loves to throw uh, down the field when he has the ability to throw the long ball. Not to mention the fact that they also have adept running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. James White is one of the best in the league at being able to do that. I think it makes a guy like Rex Burkhead that much more valuable now. I originally thought he might be on the chopping block for a cap casualty savings. I think they keep him around now because of the prowess he brings to that. And also Damian Harris, a rookie last year, a second-year player this year, essentially redshirted his 2019 season. He's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. You might see a little bit more out of him this year as well. So so while the pieces in place don't have the cachet and the names that the Patriots have had before, I still think they have some pieces in place that can make things interesting and make life a little bit easier on Cam Newton. Marquise Lee, another name. When did they sign him, by the way? I completely missed that one. A pair of rookie tight ends added to the mix. Demir Bird, a little bit of speed there. But yeah, it's the speed element outside that worries me a little bit. Mohamed Sanu plays almost like a borderline tight end at times with his right. physicality and you know plays like with the defensive mindset. Nikhil Harry was never a burner. He's more of a, a jump ball guy uh, at mm -hmm. Arizona State. So, uh, And obviously the 34-year-old Edelman who's had a number of, of injuries. He's got some toughness and he, he works so great out of the slot, but I think it's that speed element. Do you think maybe it's the running back group? Demir Bird has enough speed. Maybe Marquise Lee or name we're not even talking about. 
uh, at wide receiver or running back that will be able to to add a little bit of speed to that offense to help the Patriots not be such a bogged down group where teams don't have to respect them deep. Yeah, yeah I think agreed. <laughs> yes. A lot of people are clamoring for it. And you know what? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you know, I never discount anything when it comes to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. If there's a move to be made out there that they feel is, quote, best for the football team, they're going to do it. Uh, you mentioned no. Lee. Lee was a very under the radar signing for the Patriots last month. And I think, in you know, I should say a couple of months ago now. And yeah, there's tremendous upside to Marquise Lee's game. If he's healthy, he is a very good wide receiver and someone that does have both speed and savvy in the middle part of the field that can make things happen. The question mark on him, like anyone, is injury, and he's had an extensive injury history. You have to make sure that when he comes in, he's healthy, clicking on all cylinders, and able to make the contribution. The reason why all of a sudden Marquise Lee might be maybe a more attractive name than some of the undrafted free agents that they have out there, like a Will Hastings from Auburn or a Jeff Thomas from Miami, is Marquise Lee has viable NFL experience. Some of these guys that are undrafted free agents just don't have that right now. And if you're going to look for guys that can make life easier on Cam Newton, you may have to bite the bullet and say, we're going to keep the guys, the veterans around that we know can fit into our system. Ultimately, Lee's arrival or his um, staying power in New England is going to be directly linked to his health. If he's healthy, then his talent should be able to be enough to earn him a roster spot. But you mentioned speed. Again, I think Bird is going to be a guy that can definitely do that. If the Patriots choose to go in a different direction and they choose to bring in speedy guys that can really burn the field, you have to like a guy like Jeff Thomas, an undrafted rookie free agent out of the University of Miami. He's drawn a lot of comparisons to Antonio Brown because of his ability to play outside and in the slot, but this kid can move down the field. He could be a very speedy option for Cam Newton. And the running back core, I think right now, needs to show a little bit of, of speed that maybe they haven't showed in a while. They're going to have to get some productivity out of Sony Michelle, who in my opinion is facing a very much prove it year in New England. He had a decent rookie season, had a very, very good rookie playoffs, um, was one of the best running backs in the playoffs in 2018 en route to the Patriots' victory in Super Bowl 53. Last year regressed a little bit. He's facing a lot, and I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him this year, especially with someone like Damian Harris possibly pushing him for playing time. I think people are sleeping or forgetting a little bit about this offensive line, though. I mean, teams tell you what they think. They didn't use a pick on an offensive lineman until the sixth round Mm -hmm. and really didn't address the position all that much. I mean, Andrews returns at center. Tooney and Mason might be, you know, rival any set of guards in the league. So I think the interior will be really strong. I'm still a believer in Isaiah Wynn. And Marcus Cannon's proven right tackle. I mean, I think this offensive line has a chance to be a top five group. The offensive line, to be honest, uh, was one of the question marks that I had going into this year, especially when the Patriots didn't do a whole lot to address some of the offensive line needs, or at least what I perceived to be their needs. I was a very big advocate, and you guys know as well as anybody, uh, in our mock draft here on the Locked On Network, I selected Cesar Ruiz from uh, um, uh, mm. from Michigan to be the Patriots' first rounder. And I felt that strongly about his ability to fit in with this offensive line and the need they were going to have uh, to provide stability at the center position, simply because I really had no idea what to expect out of David Andrews. By all accounts, David seems to be healthy and recovered from the blood clot and the lung problems that plagued him last year. Joe Tooney, obviously been one of the best guards in the league for a while, playing under the franchise tag. They'll have to figure that one out next year. But I do want to flip to the other side of the football. 
Mike, and get into this Patriots defense, one of the best units in the league last year, next. One of the things that I've loved about the Patriots run for the last, oh, 20 years or so is they just let everybody walk. They replace them with cheaper options, internal options, draft and develop. I think one of the reasons why maybe the team overall in the depth isn't as strong is because they haven't drafted as well in some recent years. But I'm looking at the defense right now. I'm looking at the roster and the depth chart, and I'm seeing names like Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, John Simon. Uh, there's a lot of guys with two first names there. Is the Patriots defense <laughs> in for a little regression here in 2020? Well, I think you have to expect that there will be slight regression. Can't expect a defense that was prolific as the Patriots defense was last year to not regress a little bit, missing guys like Kyle Van Noy, like Jamie Collins, like a Landon Roberts, who was such a big part of what the Patriots did. You're going to have some regression. Now, what the Patriots did to combat that was they brought in a guy like Josh Uche, a linebacker out of the University of Michigan. He comes in right away and adds athleticism and the ability to mix it up when it comes to things that uh, the Patriots maybe haven't been able to do. He's not a prototypical. Patriot linebacker. He's not that big lumbering type uh, that Bill Belichick loves. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit more um, athletic, and I think that can add another dimension to the defense this year. They also brought in Anfordy Jennings, who in my opinion has the ability to both set the edge and be that type of run-stuffing linebacker that the Patriots love to employ. But these guys are rookies. They're going to have some growing pains to combat what they need from the rookies, and they're going to have to look to guys that have been on this roster now for maybe even a year or two are people like a linebacker like Chase Winovich, who was entering his second year. I look for him to make a big jump. Chase was very good last year at being put in the right place at the right time by Bill Belichick and the defensive coaching staff. I look for that to happen again this year and expand his role. The front seven, or the front, I should say, that because the Patriots typically play a 3-4 set more than they play a 4-3. So that front three right now also suffered a loss in losing Danny Shelton at the nose tackle position. They brought in Bo Allen, who I think will be the starting nose tackle this year. I think you're going to see a lot more production out of guys like Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy. Two guys that, again, you mentioned, they're not household names, but they are guys that can go out and win you games if you need to get key stops, especially on the run. These are guys that are very capable of defending the run, and I think you're going to see that a little bit more this year. But in terms of the linebacker and the front seven that we're talking about, I do believe that the Patriots will regress a little in that. They're going to have to become younger, a little more athletic. If they do that, they should be fine. But they're going to miss Van Noy and Collins without any question. Mike, I think you laid that out well. And that front seven is a bunch of no-name guys. It's a bunch of do-your-job guys. Right. I thought the Uche pick to New England I think he's going to be the Ninkovich type guy. It was one of my favorites in the entire draft. And their secondary, their scheme, their blitz, their man coverage tendencies will make up for a lot of this. But that being said, I don't see pass rushers in the front seven. I don't see speed or athleticism in the front seven. Yeah, I mean, to the most part, I would agree with you, Matt. I think there's still a lot that needs to happen for these guys to develop that. Now, are there 
people that can get after the passer and become a formidable pass rush uh, tandem, maybe even, yes, there is the potential to do that. Uche does have the ability to do it, but I like the comparison to Ninkovich because I think that's exactly how the Patriots are going to intend to use him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Winovich eventually could be a very formidable pass rusher in this league, but he's coming into his second season. It's a lot to put on a young player like that, his shoulders. We'll see if he can shoulder the load. Um, originally, when the Patriots drafted a guy like Dietrich Wise Jr., they expected him to come in and be the prototypical defensive end that could get after the quarterback. He hasn't quite lived up to expectation. And it pains me to say that because um, Dietrich was one of the first players I ever profiled on the Patriots beat when I started covering the team. So I have an affinity for him naturally, and I want to see him succeed and do well. But he may be one of those guys that's on the periphery that might not end up making the final roster. So I agree with you. I think the Patriots right now are facing maybe a little bit less athleticism on the uh, on the, uh, the linebacking core. But ultimately, they're smart football players that play their assignments and they play them as assigned. That will lead them to success under Bill Belichick because it'll allow them to grow as players. And I think this might be a transitional year for some of those guys. And obviously, the defensive backfield, that's where the familiar names are. The McCourty brothers, Patrick Chung, who I think got re-upped again this offseason. I don't know how long he's going to play, but he's got to be getting up there in years. And of course, the reigning defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore. Can they generate enough pass pressure to make those guys' lives easier? But it's clear that that's where the resources are on this Patriots defense is they want cover guys and uh, they want to be able to trust the, the players on the back end, which is kind of in reverse of the way a lot of teams are doing it nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a departure from the way teams are doing things a lot. But ultimately, it's kind of status quo when it comes to New England. Bill Belichick has always been about two things, linebackers and defensive backs. And this year's defensive backfield for the Patriots is clear cut the strong suit of that defense. You put it very eloquently, Brian. Stephon Gilmore, reigning defensive player of the year, expect him to have another big year. I mean, there's no question about it. He's still a dynamic playmaker. He still the, uh, has the ability to be that shutdown corner that a great defense needs to continue to be formidable. Um, They've got savvy veterans in that backfield. You mentioned Devin McCourty. His brother Jason is as good as it comes when being that typical um, roving type corner that can play either on the inside or the out, wherever he needs to be. He's in there uh, in the mix. Patrick Chung is one of the best at being that hybrid linebacker type that can drop back, cover tight ends, uh, maybe even go into coverage as a linebacker and be that dictator in the back with the defensive backfield where you need a safety to be able to direct traffic back there. Um, Kyle Duggar is a player that I am very excited to see in this defense. I think he, again, is that versatile type of safety that can do it all. He can come up, play the hybrid linebacker. He can be a traditional safety. He can play strong. He can play free. He's a guy that is going to be utilized, I think, very well in this this defense. And I think he has a chance to maybe get a lot more playing time than people think as a rookie. Um, Jawan Williams is another cornerback last year that is a big type thumping cornerback that the Patriots didn't really utilize all that much in 2019. I think you see him take a step forward. They still have a very good slot corner in Jonathan Jones. JC Jackson is capable of playing the flank on the other side. So they've got a lot of talent in that defensive backfield. If there's one thing that doesn't worry me in uh, the Patriots defense, it's that area of the roster. Yeah, we we need to wrap things up here, but I I think JC Jackson is a star in the making. I think Jawan Williams is their Brandon Browner matchup, big corner type. Duggar, and a name you didn't mention, I think Adrian Phillips is a remarkably good fit for this team 
are the next Chung's Rodney Harrison types that they've used so well too. So they go about eight deep of quality defensive backs of all shapes and sizes. Loved I'm so glad you mentioned Phillips. Uh, I yeah. had a chance to cover him when I covered the Chargers a few years back, and he has my favorite free agent signing of the Patriots this year. Again, yeah. just a chameleon uh, when it comes to anything he can do on the defensive uh, field. I've even seen him line up in the defensive front. That's how versatile this kid is. I really love what he can bring to the table. I was very excited to see him. He's going to be a special teams ace for this team, but I caution Patriots fans not to sleep on the impact he can have on the defense. He's a very capable safety and can play all over the field. All right, Mike, last one, 30 seconds or less. Did the Patriots do enough? Most people were starting to crown the Buffalo Bills as the new kings of the AFC East. Cam Newton, have the New England Patriots done enough now? Have they wrestled that back away? Or were they already still going to be at the top of the AFC East in 2020? Uh, I might anger some of my Patriots brethren when I say this, but I still think it's the Buffalo Bills uh, division to lose. And the reason why I say that is because the continuity that they have on both sides of the ball, they have a tremendous defense, an offense that is much improved, a quarterback that is familiar with his targets, save for Stefan Diggs, who really is a receiver that no one can overthrow. Uh, so I, I like the Bills right now to still be in the driver's seat. I think the Patriots have done a lot to close the gap. Uh, I think they'll make it interesting. They'll be right there at the end of the day battling with the Bills. But until I see what these teams look like on paper, on, on the field as opposed to on paper, I still think it's the Bills' uh, division to lose. Mike, I'm glad you're here, and happy 4th of July to all. I'll take the pats. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, Mike's got the Bills. Matt's got the pats. Uh, I'm going Miami Dolphins. Let's go. Ooh. No, no, I'm not. That, that is right. not that is not a real prediction. That is not a real prediction. Um, I, I do still, oh, man, I, it's hard for me to pick against the Patriots. But we've got to go, Mike. You guys can find Mike on Twitter, at MDebateFPC, on the Pats beat, and, of course, Locked on Patriots Daily. Mike, thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today, gentlemen. Happy 4th of July to you and your families. You too. Enjoy the holiday, everybody. Wear your masks. Matt and I will be back right here Monday covering all the latest around the league. Training camp. Cross your fingers. Rapidly approaching. Talk to you then right here. Locked on NFL.